0: Welcome back to the New England Taken to BKXL, 1450 AM, 103.9 FM Concord, 101.9 FM Manchester, and nhtalkradio.com. I'm your host, AJ Kierstead. I'm going to do a uh, special segment right now. Today is my birthday. I am turning 35 years old. Um, I wanted to do something a little self-indulgent. I'm going to call this episode uh, 35 if you're checking out the podcast version of it or if you missed part of it. uh, I'm going to copy Adele or Taylor Swift. I think they each called their albums that. Uh, Certainly not music you would hear me listening to, but I just thought it was funny. Um, So I've been doing this show about 10 months now. I started in April of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic and it, it was really hard to get out into the community to talk about what I wanted to do with this show. And I figured this would be a great opportunity on my birthday. It's you, you think about how old you are and where you are in your life on your birthday. And I, if that'd be a good place on the show to take 20 minutes here to kind of talk about where I am in my life and how I come to... Um, My current beliefs on life, politics, the world, and I have this fantastic platform that I'm just unbelievably blessed to have here in WKXL. Uh, A huge thank you to um, Gordon Humphrey, who's the owner of the station, and Janice Sear, who's our current station manager for Giving me the opportunity to do this show where basically I said, yeah, just, just do something on a regular basis, and um, we'll support you however you're, however we can, and I'm I mean, very lucky to be able to do this from home 90% of the time, actually more than 90% of the time, and today I'm sitting at the station actually at WKXL Studios to record, it's, it's almost 8am, I just dropped off my uh, kid at school, um, who's constantly brought up during... during um, during the show, when I'm doing my interviews, because I, I think family is a huge context to where I sit on the political, w- with where, where I think politics are important, um, what's important in the news, really, and my just my personal ethics. I, I think your ethics are driven a lot by what goes on at home, and if it doesn't, I think you need to reconsider your political beliefs. Um, and what's important to you? I have an amazing wife. I've been with her since I was a freshman in high school. We met a month in high school and we made it through all of that. We made it through me going off to college down at Franklin Pierce University and we were extraordinarily lucky to adopt Isaac. He was actually, it was a private adoption. He, he was actually born to a family member of mine and we adopted him right. We had him right from when he was an infant, right after he was born. And we're very lucky for that. Um, this, I, I think my family is the reason why I'm very, uh, it'd be considered conservative or Republican by many people, but I think traditionalist is a lot better way of phrasing it. I, I think that government policies that impact my family are the ones that are the most important to me. Um, I believe we should be part of our community. I like my son, like, especially I always talk about how libertarian I tend to lean with my politics. I, I don't agree with the libertarian party on a lot of things. I'm talking about maybe small L libertarian, classically liberal more than anything else. Um, I, I feel like there should be as little interference from the government as possible in the day-to-day lives of my family and how they work, but we are part of it. I, I, It's something a lot of people are surprised by. I very much support the public education system in this country. I I feel like many people, like I'm, I guess you call me middle middle class, middle income uh, uh, bracket when it comes to class and where I sit in the income spectrum. I make well below six figures. Don't get me wrong. Not even close to that. I work a job and a half here and... Anyway, I think that the public education system is a tremendous benefit in this country, but there should be other opportunities for other people. I don't – I think education freedom accounts are a great idea. I had um, a member of Americans for Prosperity on the show to talk about the amazing opportunities that are available, but I don't feel like we should be completely defunding our public education system by any stretch of the imagination. They should be properly funded and have the resources they need, but we – no, but actually, let <laughs> me correct that. It, it, it's more that w- my son should be in there. He should be hearing from people that maybe we don't agree with, or maybe we do agree with. It should be a mix. There should be no indoctrination. I am very aware of the critical race theory discussion that's going on, on the national stage, and to a certain extent, the the state within the New Hampshire here. And it, we should be i'm aware of i try and figure out what's going on i'm aware of what my my kid learns in school i talk to him basically every day after i go home from work say like, hey what would you do in school today and we talk about what he did and if you learn anything what sort of books are you reading about and i say and i will tell him it's like i don't necessarily agree with that it, it's cool that they agree with that the the teacher whoever wrote the book or that they're that they're reading agrees on that it's like different people have different opinions on things and and it's very important for people to listen to that. I've tried my darndest on this show to 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 live the, those ethos here. The ethos here. Um, I've had people that I definitely disagree with on most things. I've had Megan Tuttle from uh, the, the NEA for New Hampshire here. It's the teachers' union, one of the biggest teachers' unions in in the state, uh, to talk about what they feel about certain things. Uh, we don't agree on most things. I already said that during my interview with her. It's like She's actually been on twice to say, I don't agree with you on most things. We come at it from a different perspective. I feel like having the conversation, understand where the common ground is, is super important. I get so frustrated on Twitter. It's, I, it, I need to be on there because I need to be informed on what's going on in the world and where the public sentiment is. But Twitter is toxic, as all could be, and... I end up getting – because I, you tend to comment on things you disagree with more than the things you agree with, I end up getting all sorts of, um, of super progressive po- politicians' posts on, on my feed through the curated feed that the algorithm feeds me. And it, it just causes stress and frustration. And I, I have to take a step back and realize that this isn't the healthy way to be approaching politics in the world this is an algorithm feeding me ways to interact it's not necessarily what's important it's not necessarily anything that's going to change what's in what's happening in the world um and, and it's a propaganda machine you you see, really see that with you what's going on in ukraine right now um zelensky is getting just fanboyed here when it comes to people supporting him and He's got his own sketchy background when it comes to his finances because it's Eastern Europe. Uh, it's Eastern Europe is just a brutal place when it comes to corruption. I've spoken to law professors about this. I've spoken to uh, a, a, law, a history professor from the University of New Hampshire on last week, I want to say, was to talk about that part of the world. The fall of the Soviet Union, as the Soviet Union was corrupt enough on its own. When, when you bring in the corruption of these co- small countries that are were in, stuck between the world powers of Russia and after after the fall of the USSR and Eastern Europe, um, all the straw men that came up and and took power, a lot of them were puppets of Russia or the West. Um, you need to understand that this is a very messy situation. And then you hear people on Twitter say we need to have a no-fly zone over this part of the world. We do not want a no-fly zone over that part of the world because that puts us at war with Russia. When you consider what laws are going to be on the books, consider the enforcement mechanism. Um, It's just like with any foreign policy, any law, how do you enforce it? And you enforce a no-fly zone by a military presence in that part of the world that will shoot down planes from Russia – when that happens, Russia takes that as a sign of aggression. This is totally missed by so many on the mainstream media, politicians just trying to get points on, on on the board here for their party and showing that they support with Ukraine, they stand with Ukraine. Twitter is garbage when it comes to discourse. But unfortunately, I need to be on there. So I, I hope that the insights I can bring from Twitter, from my perspective, are helpful to the world when I bring them on the show. When I do them on WKXL in the morning, uh, which I also host here on the station, where I do extended news coverage and throw it to the best of the of the station, all of our various programs. But just keep in mind when you're when you're listening to the different things coming from uh, pundits, uh, newscasters twitter personalities influencers all that consider the real world implications of the things they're saying um i i try and also me i mean you should consider this for me i mean i've brought that. we said this earlier it's like i come from a very libertarian i can be prone to isolationism and apathy when it comes to policy because i just want to say just leave me alone the, the, the i want to to be a hermit when it comes to so many aspects of law but we also need to be, have the ability to protect those in the world like the the withdrawal from afghanistan was was uh, i strongly supported i felt like the carry through of that was horrible and now we've left uh, that part of the world in just the messiest of situations and it's very unfortunate i just hate that it's now being ignored. It's been ignored since um, just a few weeks after we withdrew. Um, it, I don't know how to fix it. And I'm not going to even pretend to, admit, to to say I have a solution to that. And I, I hope that that perspective right there, that I am admitting I don't have an answer to this. And why I'm bringing in experts that may have some solutions to things or... Um, insight into various things I don't necessarily know about is is valued I hope by my audience on here um I the le- my biggest one of my biggest problems I have with the left right now is there is a focus on race and gender and sexuality and that bleeds over into the Twitter discourse it bleeds into education I'm sorry I don't disagree with the divisive concepts legislation I disagree with the enforcement mechanism. I don't think that's the proper way it should be done. Uh, I do agree with Professor John Graby at UNH Franklin Pierce School of Law about this. He's written about this on New Hampshire Bulletin, and, which has been picked up in other places, and I've had conversations with him on podcasts I do for them, which is totally um, – it's it's produced by for the University of New Hampshire. It is not part of anything else I do here at WKXL for, uh, on, for what I host. Teachers should not be punished in that way. I don't feel, but there should be no talk of privilege, in my opinion, when it comes to to education, especially in K through um, eight. I it's and this is another it, we keep hearing there. There's no issues with this. I, I'm beginning to be swayed a little bit to a certain extent when it comes to. Um, people on the right are saying that we're doing this as a preventative measure because we're seeing in other parts of the country um, the more uh, anecdotal evidence I hear from other parts of the country in California and everything makes me cautious that if we don't have something like the divisive concepts legislation in the state, there could be problems. I could be totally wrong. I, I could be a hundred percent wrong on this. But our, our teachers are fantastic here. But we're also training so many teachers in our higher education system in the um, intersectionality and anti-racist and critical race theory-based topics that it bleeds over. I saw it in my undergrad. I'm 35, the name of this episode – and I saw this uh, 11 and a half years ago, 12 years ago, when I graduated from college at Franklin Pierce University, which is very left-leaning if you look at their a lot of their faculty. That stuff bleeds over into what you do after. It has made me, personally, it's made me paranoid. It's made me paranoid that um, what I'm reading is hidden has a hidden agenda with regards to this that it's going to end up going to the next generation, and I don't feel like it should be. Iverm X. Kennedy, I think, is a toxic individual. I feel like his, quote, anti-racist, end quote, ideology is very problematic when it comes to day-to-day life. I don't think those should be in public schools. People can go to the library and get that whenever they want. It should not be part of the curriculum. Maybe, let me correct that. Maybe it shouldn't be part of the curriculum. That 100% I say that. If it's in a high school... Library, fine, whatever. Ultimately, it's the option of the parents and the students to to go and check that out. Should not be part of the curriculum at all. Um, yeah. i I want to just this is how I feel like it'd be a great thing to cover right now. Where I I get my news, I feel like where you get your news really bleeds over into your views on the world and how you perceive what's going on and. I'm just like with politics. I'm in policy. I'm very skeptical of most. I, I have no faith in CNN. I have no faith in Fox News. I have no faith in MS faith in MSNBC. They are uh, corporate and political, and those two together are not good. They they have they're trying to just feed program that they can sell advertisements on, and they're all very obviously political, which leads to bad reporting and narratives. Narratives and news coverage are a problem. I understand the need for a certain level of narrative because you need to tell a story in order for a news article to get traction. If a, a great example of that is the Invisible Wall series that Johnny Bassett and his, his his one of his kickoffs for that series, which is about uh, zoning in Manchester and how it really stops low income families from finding housing, especially affordable housing, and he kicked it off with a with a with a story with. Uh, a couple that are having a hard time finding housing in Manchester, that, that's a great idea for, for people to to come to terms with, this is happening to real people. But you can't rely on empathy and n- narrative to determine what's the b- best path forward always. I mean, that The Invisible Wall series is an example of it being used in a good way. An example of it being used in a bad way is Ukraine. Because now we have, there's an evil guy in Putin. He is evil. He's doing a horrible thing. But then we have this hero that can do no wrong when it comes to Zelensky. He, he, we don't necessarily know everything with, with him. He's, he is a war hero right now with what's going on there. But there, we're completely missing the fact he's calling for no-fly zones over his country. That is an act of war, as I said before. And that needs to not be forgotten. Cuomo, Governor Cuomo, is a prime example of the story. We have a hero, and he he's going to save New York from, from the coronavirus. He Thousands of elderly were killed in the nursing homes because of his lack of isolating COVID individuals from the elderly. This was forgotten and completely bypassed by the mainstream media because they have a narrative. The Democrats, uh, when it comes to CNN, MSNBC, and the Republicans, when it comes to Fox. And Fox is just kissing the boots of Trump through his presidency, which is not their job, in my opinion, where I do get news. I, I I get news a lot, a lot of my news coverage from uh, doing the morning news here in WKXL. Sorry, that that's just my WKXL on the news coverage. I'm very fortunate to pick up the newswire here for our service that we have for that. So all those news articles that I read are from a newswire that we pick up and we pay for. And I give, I, I selectively pick what I'm going to read based on my editorial, um, uh, Opinions on what is important and not important. I I feel like there's too many news articles that are just focused on race, but I do cover the ones that I feel like are important to get out there, like the Ahmed Arbery case. Um, and on the other side of it, the Jesse Smollett case. Uh, those are both very important. But what's going on in the world is very important to be informed on to a certain extent. And uh, WKXL in the morning does that, and then my morning my New Hampshire news update to do at the top of the hour every hour here on WKXL. Uh, I, t- Twitter is, and, and Facebook is important to just get a feeling of what's going on, uh, what's important to the population. The, I have to be aware of the algorithm, as I've said, to a certain extent. Uh, NHPR actually does a surprisingly good job. They tend to lean quite left, obviously, but their news coverage is actually great. And New Hampshire Bulletin is my favorite. I, I get those reporters in WKXL in the morning. I said, definitely suggest everyone checks out NewHampshireBulletin.com um i also get a lot of news from podcasts i listen to a lot of podcasts every day so breaking points uh, i constantly reference on my show with crystal and saga they used to be on rising at the hill and went independent um so it's a little bit of a center right through progressive left crystal ball is a progressive there's no way around it ben shapiro show i listen to he's libertarian conservative i agree with him on many things Though he's extremely hawkish and focuses on israel and abortion too much but um, generally speaking, I agree with a lot of his his uh, take on the world. And Podcast of the Lotus Eaters is a new one uh, for if you're an Internet-aware person. Sargon Avakad is kind of this classical liberal from England. He started his own media agency over in England called the Podcast of the Lotus Eaters, and they do great work over there. It's very Internet-aware, um, center-right news coming from England, it, and it, it's just a great show. I, I really appreciate it. All right, so I'm running out of time in this segment here. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening uh, to The New England Take. This has been a blast to do. Uh, I hope this segment of ramblings was mildly entertaining to some of you. Um, I, I just figured it, it'd be a great way to kind of kick off my 30, 35th birthday and kind of just say, put a re- on the record where I am in this, this time in my life and have my views on the world. You're listening to The New England Take and WKXL. I'm your host, AJ Kirsten. We'll be right back.